Good morning. Good to see so many of you out today, and happy 4th of July weekend, right? Everybody ready? Anybody got any red, white, and blue in, on? Just a few. Aren't you guys patriotic? Next week? That'll be next week. Well, you know, when you get to the 4th of July, it's almost like you're, my wife doesn't like to hear this, but it's like you're over the hump of summer and you're heading downhill, which for her means school's going to be back in progress, so I'm forbidden to talk about that at home. Well, thanks for being here today. If you're a guest, welcome. We're glad you're here. If you're not a guest, thanks for coming back. You came back, and uh, we're always happy about that. A lot of great things happening. As you heard Joel mention, check that QR code for all the announcements. Also, from that QR code, you can get to our um, sermon outline. You can get to our sermon outline, and I always tell you that's good thing because you can follow me and know when I'm getting close to being done. And also, on the, on the uh, back of that, you can see what's coming up, what sermons are coming up down the road you know, for a few weeks, sometimes a couple months. And you can even study ahead by reading those passages. So if you want to get clued in, if you want to get uh, you know, engaged, especially with the preaching, we try to make that available. Find that outline from the QR code from the website and uh, read ahead. We're going to be in the book of Psalms for a little bit the next four, three or four weeks. Not entirely the book, uh, not all of the book, and not just in that book, but we're going to spring off of the book of Psalms, and we're going to talk about soul care. Soul care. How many of you have a soul? That's good. That's good. It means there's no eighth graders in here because I've always heard eighth graders don't have a soul or a brain. But it's just a phase, you know, there's being recreative when they hit ninth grade. Uh, and, uh, and, and we think because we have a soul, it needs cared for, right? Come on, my soul, that last song said. Come on, my soul, don't be shy. Lift up your hands and praise the Lord. Sometimes uh, we get a, a little bit of, of, uh, of a mess or we have a problem in our, in our soul. We have a heart issue. So we're going to take three or four weeks and talk about some problems of the soul. We're going to look at anxiety this week. We're going to look at grief next week. We're going to wrap up the series by talking about two antidotes to grief and fear and anxiety. And we're going to talk about confession and then worship as a part of the healing of our soul. And all these come from the book of Psalms. So today we're going to talk about anxiety and since we're celebrating the independence of our nation this week, we could say, why is America so anxious? Anybody believe that our country is anxious? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of anxiety. I heard about a guy who went in to see a psychiatrist. He had a feather in his, uh, in his hat. Psychiatrist said, what's going on? Uh, how come you have a feather in your hat? He said, well, doc, he said, you know, sometimes I feel like a wigwam. And sometimes I feel teepee. The doctor said, I know your problem. You're too tense. <laughs> I'd like to say Jeff Ranson gave me that joke. <clears throat> and maybe some of you didn't even get it, and that's fine. You're, you're fine. It's all right. But is anybody here anxious? You ever had anything that kept you up at night? Dealing with anxiety. You know, the Greek word for anxiety 
means divided. So we are, in a sense, living in two tents. But we're tense and we're losing sleep. America is anxious. One study claims that over 50% of adults ages 18 to 24 is young people who are supposed to be careful and have the whole world ahead of them. They've reported symptoms of anxiety, high symptoms of anxiety and depression this year. But these conditions really affect every age group, don't they? Even kids can be anxious. Even children can be anxious. And you may want to check out, I noticed Cassie has some information in, her, uh, in, the, in the kids' own lobby over there for anxiety and what you can do to help your kids. And this manifests itself in a lot of different ways. There are phobias, there are, uh, there's depression, there's social anxiety, there's withdrawal, there's, there's compulsive disorders, and of course, PTSD. And what are people so stressed about today? Think about your life. Think about what you last lost sleep over. Well, the study says we're anxious about our, our personal uh, finances. I don't know if you're a, a believer in Bidenomics, but it's not working for a lot of people, is it? And, uh, and people are worried. Are they going to have enough bills? Is our, our gas prices and grocery uh, all these other things going to keep going up and up. People are also worried about their personal health. There are issues related to our health that cause us anxiety. Fear of death. That's a, a problem that causes anxiety, including from a random shooting. You know, you don't know how, who to help anymore, do you? You don't know if you can help someone. I'm having trouble here. You know, if you can give anybody a ride or if you, can, uh, if you can stop and help someone, it's just scary, isn't it? I see people along the road all the time, and I'm thinking, maybe I should stop and help, but you never know if you're going to end up being abducted or kidnapped or killed. It's anxiety around those things. And also viruses. Uh, what's going to be coming next? What's, what's next on the list to be released to take us out? fear of death, the state of things in our world. People are generally anxious. Many of you are like me. You grew up in the 1970s and the 80s, and it seemed to be more carefree. How many of you grew up and your parents never locked your house? They didn't lock your house at night. They didn't lock the cars. Sometimes they left keys in the car. It's almost like, you know, we, we trust everybody. We can't do that today. No matter where you live, you just can't do that. Country, city, you can't do it. And let me ask yourself, uh, you're, you're, uh, you guys, a question. Which state do you think ranked highest on anxiety according to this study? Which state do you think the most anxious people were in this study? Anybody got a guess? Not New York. Not Florida. Chicago is Illinois, not Illinois. West Virginia, who said that? West Virginia ranked highest according to a 2022 study of cases of an reported anxiety. West Virginia, here we are living in a state with the most anxiety than anywhere else in the country. People are anxious. People are depressed. Now, let me ask you the other one. Which state do you think was the least anxious in a according to a 2022 study, the least anxious, Montana, 
Colorado, no on both of those. I'll get, not Hawaii, I'll give you a hint. It's got the word south in it. It's not South Carolina where I'm headed here in about a week. South Dakota. That's right, I heard that, Brett. South Dakota. What's going on in South Dakota? Nothing. <laughs> That's right. But we're not in South Dakota. We're not even in South Carolina. We're here right in West Virginia, and we're in a state where many people are struggling to find inner peace because they're anxious. Now, if you're dealing with anxiety or feelings of nervousness or some kind of tension, I want, I want to read you this psalm, Psalm cha uh, chapter 6. I want you to identify, see if you can identify with some of these statements that the psalmist says. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. You know, sometimes when we get down or when we get anxious, we feel like God's not for us, that God is somehow against us. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. Can you feel the despair, languishing, bones, troubled? My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? In other words, how long are you going to let me suffer like this? How long do I have to have this chronic problem? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. It's crying out for God to hear him. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? He's so depressed, he feels like he's, he wants to die or he's going to die. Listen to this next verse. I am weary with moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. And sometimes when you get into a situation like this, you feel like the whole world is against you, that nothing is going right, that what could go wrong will go wrong. It's like I tell my wife, there's always something else that's going to happen, and we just need to be ready for it. So today we're just going to ask and answer two questions. Two questions. We're going to find the answers from God's Word. Number one, what is anxiety? What is it? And number two, what can we do about it? What can we do about it? If we're caring for our soul, we're dealing with anxiety, let's define it. Let's understand exactly what it is because if you don't know exactly what it is, you may not be able to attack it. You may not be able to deal with it. And then let's see what we can do to deal with it. So what is anxiety? Now, I know that most of you know how it feels to be anxious. You know what it feels like to be anxious because you felt anxious before it's a feeling of worry it's a feeling of nervousness or unease about something that is happening or something that may happen in the future let me just ask you a question how many of you have a 15 year old in your home anybody got a 15 year old has anybody ever had a 15 year old in your home okay that's more hands if you've ever had a 15 year old in your home you ever get in the car with them and let them drive that's the definition of anxiety right there. How come it feels like they're going 80 miles an hour when it's only 30 on that two-lane road? So anxiety is something we, f we feel, and someone said it's a desire to be in control. 
It's a desire to be in control of the future, which we cannot do. And everybody has experienced this at some point in their life. Again, even kids experience anxiety. And let me tell you, there's two things that can happen if you have too much anxiety. Number one, it can cause physical problems in your life. Some of you may be dealing with things that uh, are a result of the anxiety, maybe ulcers or maybe some kind of a, a blood uh, pressure uh, issue or something uh, that's causing your body to react to the anxiety that's going on. And secondly, it can cause a lapse in our faith. Anxiety can cause us to, to lapse in our faith because it's, it's normal, I think, to have feelings of concern, but if not handled correctly, they can, uh, they can reveal and demonstrate a lack of trust in the Lord, a lack of trust. So here's what anxiety is. Here's how we're going to define it. Anxiety is a battle of the mind. Anxiety is a battle of the mind. Someone said it this way. I really like this definition from Arthur uh, Roche. He said, uh, anxiety is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. You get that image? You worry about something so much, it cuts a canyon in your brain and nothing else matters. You can't think about anything else. It swallows up everything else. This is, this is what we read in the Bible. Apostle Paul knew this in Romans. He said, for those who live according to the flesh set their what? Their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their what? Their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Over and over again in the New Testament, we're urged to get our minds in the right place. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your what? Your mind. Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 1 Peter 1, 13, therefore preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And now we read earlier our focus verse. I want to read it to you again, and let's pay attention to where the word mind comes up. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. There's a command. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your what? Your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety is a battle of the mind. One preacher said that your life always goes in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life always goes in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if your strongest thoughts are negative, that's the way your life is going to go. It's going to be negative. If your strongest thoughts are fearful, that's the way your life is going to go. You're going to live in fear. If your strongest thoughts are sinful, immoral, if you're feeding your mind with pornographic images or, or anything else, you know, we watch, we watch so much violence on TV, it's becoming normal. And I want to tell you, people do what people see. And if that's your mind, if it's sinful, if it's sinful thoughts, that's the way your life is going to go. 
And if, you're, if your strongest thoughts are anxious thoughts, then you're going to live in anxiety. But what, could, what if your strongest thoughts were positive, courageous, righteous, and calm? Then that's the way your life will go. That's why Paul finished up this section of Scripture with these words. Listen to this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, you... I didn't underline them. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, what's that next word? Think about these things. You see, anxiety is a battle of the mind, and we have to get the, we have to get the mind in the right frame of mind in order to win this battle. Now, we can't win this battle all by ourselves, can we? Can't win this battle all by ourselves. We have to have the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank God He gives us a Holy Spirit to help us live the life we need to live. So, that's the first question. What is anxiety? It's a battle of the mind. Some of you are battling things right now in your head, you're thinking about something, you got something on your mind. Maybe there's a, a roast in the oven and some of you are thinking what well, it's going to burn did i turn the stove off uh by the way how many of you have a roast in the oven just a friend for a friend steaks anybody got steaks laid out and you guys what are you rice and beans this weekend i know better so what can we do about it what can we do about it what can we do about anxiety we've kind of said you know we need to get our mind in the right frame of mind but how do we do that how do we do that well, first of all, we can pray about it, can't we? This seems like a trite answer, but we can pray about it. Someone said you can worry or you can pray, but you can't worry and pray. You understand? You can't worry and pray. Chuck Swindoll said that worry pulls tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. Sometimes we make the mistake of, of, uh, of getting to the point in our life where we are ex we've exhausted all the other options, and we, uh, we look at one another and we say, well, we're just going to have to pray. All we can do now is pray. And, and that for Christians, that doesn't make sense, does it? It's, prayer is not a last option. It's not when we reach the end of our rope. It's not when things have you know, gone uh, to pot. It's not when it's all practically over. Okay, now we should pray. Somebody get God on the line. Somebody dial 911 before we have to tap out and ask God if he can come in. No, prayer is the first thing, right? Prayer, we pray first. We pray first. Whatever the anxious thoughts are that are overrunning your mind, you should pray. And the wonderful thing about this, uh, this, this tool is that we can do it regardless of where we are or who we're with. We can pray without ceasing. We can pray anywhere. That's the incredible thing. You can't serve anywhere. I mean, you might be somewhere by yourself and you're not able, but you can pray anywhere. You can pray anytime. But don't make the mistake of doing what I've done sometimes. And I know you're probably guilty of this too. You know, you got a problem in your life. You pray about it. And what you're saying when you pray, what you're saying is, Lord, I've got this problem. I got this issue I can't deal with. I can't do it. So, Lord, I'm laying it at your feet. I'm laying it at your feet, Lord. I want, I, I'm giving it to you. 
And it feels so good to do that, doesn't it? Lord, I'm giving it to you. And then we stand back and we wait. And five minutes passes and we're like, okay, Lord, what, what you gonna do about that? And now 10 minutes passes, Lord, come on now. What you gonna do about that? And, and then a day passes, and, and then maybe, maybe we make it two days. And we come back over here and we say, Lord, I, I trusted you with this problem, but I see you can't deal with it. I'm going to take it back and worry about it some more. I'm going to take it back and be anxious about it. And how many of you have been guilty of doing that? You can, when you pray, you lay it down at the feet of Jesus, and you don't pick it back up again. But we do, don't we? We pick it back up. And what we're saying when we pick it back up is, God, I don't trust you with this problem. I don't trust you with this one. And the problem is really not our problem. The problem is our God is too small. We have a little God. We have a God that's smaller than our problems. It's God, you know, I'll handle this one because I've given you a day, I've given you a couple days to deal with this but I see you're not gonna deal with it, so I'm gonna take it back and I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna worry about it. I'm gonna worry about it. And, and, and that's what we're saying to God, is that God, you're too little for this. You're not big enough to handle this problem. That's why the psalmist finishes out his cry of desperation to God. In Psalm six, he says, depart from me all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard my sound of weeping. The Lord has heard my plea, the Lord accepts my prayer in other words get back anxious thoughts get back evil foes god's on my side god's on my side and uh, he will accept your prayer because he loves you peter said cast all your what anxiety on him because he cares for you we can pray i know again that sounds trite we even preached about prayer a couple weeks ago from the book of james and that applies here too. Pray for yourself. Uh, pray, ask the church to pray. Uh, pray with a pure heart. And, and today, uh, that, this is our first line of defense. I know you're, some, many of you are anxious. Maybe you're on medication. And med medication's okay if you need medication, but the goal is to give prayer a shot first, is to give your, the tools God gave you first. And here's another tool. Here's the second thing we can do. We can remind ourselves of the goodness of God. This is a great exercise. Once you pray about something, start reminding yourself of how God has come through for you in the past. Has anybody here had God come through for them in the past? He never fails. Jesus never fails. God never fails. And, it, you know, I think it would be a good exercise for Christians, especially if you deal with anxiety if it kind of overruns you and gets the best of you i think a good exercise for you a spiritual exercise and by the way i won't even charge for this this is not i'm not even going to give you a psychiatrist bill for this i'm just going to give it to you for free uh, i i think you should start keeping a journal of your anxiety and then over the years over the months over the weeks see what god does about it and maybe there's one or two still outstanding you still have, but now you're two years into it and you're like, well, what have I been doing? I'm doing fine without it. But go back and read that journal when you have an anxious thought or when anxiety overruns your mind and see how God has been so good to you in the past. It's a great exercise. It's a great spiritual exercise. It's, it's kind of called journaling. 
And it's not for everybody because not everybody can be disciplined enough to do it. I, I don't do a very good job at it. But you can write these things down and go back. And the big benefit of it is you see how good God is. And you never forget his benefits. Jesus talked a lot about anxiety. Do you know that? Even in the first century, you would think, well, anxiety is a result of having cell phones that we use in church and, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, schedules that are tight and having to work, you know, a, a job and check in and uh, all, stuff going, all the stuff going on around us. That's where anxiety comes from. It's 2023 stuff. And even in the first century, people had anxiety. They still worried about things. Uh, I'm a, let me read you this passage. Jesus told his disciples and the others around him, he said, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life and why are you anxious about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you O you of little faith therefore do not be anxious what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the non-believers, the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added to you. You know, when, uh, when our little Emmett was, uh, uh, he's three years old now, when he was born, many of you remember he was born during covid and he got RSV and had pneumonia and stuff, and he had to go into the hospital. Many of you remember this time. It was a tough time. It was one of the hardest times in my life. I mean, it was like, you know, you got this little thing that you didn't know you could love so much, and, and you love them so much. Uh, how many of you have grandkids? You love them so much, don't you? Just, it's amazing how, yeah, where, this, where this feeling comes from. And more than your kids, you love them more than your kids, don't you? <laughs> you do love them a lot. And he, he, was, he was in ICU for, a, for 20 days. We thought he was going to die. We were afraid he was going to die. We were so anxious. And Jennifer went up to, to, keep, uh, you know, to keep Ezra, the older one, while Jordan and Caleb took turns walking through the lobby because of COVID. Only one could be in there with him. And you know what I had to do? I had to, I had to, I had to put that verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians into, into practice where it says we take every thought captive i had to literally imagine little policeman walking through my brain grabbing that negative that he might die or something worse you know i don't know what could be worse than that or you know he, he could die uh and taking it out of my brain he had to take it and i had to keep reminding myself god has got this god has got this he's got it god's got this and i had to be positive and strong for my family so you remind yourself of god's goodness and boy that's a big page in the journal of my life where things get really bad 
we can take a deep breath and say, God, I'm giving this to you, and I trust you because you've always come through in the past. Here's the last thing you can do about anxiety in your life. We can put our lives completely into God's hands. When did you get to the point in your life where you did that? I'm not talking about giving him just your anxious thoughts when you need that. I'm not talking about making a 911 call and saying, God, okay, I've been doing my own thing, but now I need you. I'm talking about giving yourself completely into God's hands. It's a challenge. It's our, it's our challenge to completely trust God with your whole life. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's what he said, all of it, all of it. Not just on Sunday, not just in a pinch, but all of it all the time. Wouldn't our lives be so much better if we just lived there? Instead of going there, we just live there. Instead of it being a place of refuge where we go to hide, we just live there. We just live there and celebrate the goodness of God. If you're not there yet, then this message is a little premature for you. It's premature for you. You're trying to live your life without the owner's manual. And that's what's wrong in America, by the way. We've tried to remove God, and now we wonder why there are so much, so much violence, so many school shootings, so much evil, so much disrespect for life and for the elderly. And I could just go down a list. We, we, we're like scratching our heads thinking, oh, we need to take people's guns away, or we need to take people's uh, Bibles away. Uh, you know, that's what the other side's saying. Or we need, to, we need to take this or take that. There was somehow we can make a law or pass some legislation to make people do the right thing. But you can't legislate righteousness and morality. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And if anybody should be leading the way in this, it should be us, it should be the church, it should be Christians who have placed their lives completely into God's hands. But if you've not done that, then how are we going to lead others to do that? So when situations arise in your life that trigger, you know, there's triggers that trigger worry, anxiety, we, we just take a deep breath and say, I, my, my father can handle this. He can do this. He can do this. Now, you might ask yourself, yeah, but Dave, what about when things don't work out? What about when the relationship still breaks? What about when the finances don't come through? What about when I do lose my job? What about, what about the sickness of my family member or myself, and I'm not getting the healing that I need? Well, you still pray about it. You still trust God. And let me tell you the promise God's, God gives us. is He gives us the promise of inner peace regardless of our situation i know a lot of folks who have left this world and they had to get there in their life they had to get there before they passed to the point to where you know what i'm i'm just trusting god i'm trusting that the promises of god are true not just for this life but for the next life Paul said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. George Mueller said it this way. He said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith 
is the end of anxiety. You remember that song we used to sing as kids, he's got the whole world in his hands. Isn't that a great little song? He's got the whole world in his hands. For a little bit, I'd have all of us sing it here today, maybe do some motions, but I'll, I'll spare you that. But he does. He's got you and me, brother, you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. This series, we're springing from Psalms. Listen to Psalm 42, a little bit of it. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where's your God? Verse five, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. What a great psalm to remind us of where to go. A couple weeks ago, I was at Fort Knox, Kentucky. You know, I was in the Army uniform and, and, uh, and doing my, doing my two-week uh, uh, duty. And I got a phone call from my wife, and uh, she said, hey, something's going on with the vehicle. Something's happening here. And, you know, that's, that's an anxiety that uh, I think as a husband or as a dad, you know, you worry about. She had uh, our oldest daughter and two grandsons in the back of, of our vehicle. And so I'm a little anxious anyway about them traveling. They went down to Florida to visit our youngest daughter. I was a little anxious about that anyway, trying to do my deal. Yeah, but they, uh, they seemed to make it, and then they were on their way back. And she FaceTimed me and said, hey, there's something going on. The steering wheel's really vibrating. What's happening here? I said, I don't know, but you guys need to get off the road. And so they, they got off the road and, and, um, and got into a, a parking lot off of the exit near a, near a Hardee's, I think. And, uh, and I said, show, show me. She said, it feels like the right front tire. I said, show me that. Showed it to me, and then she went to the... She said, show me the back tower. Show me the back tower. You went back to the front tower. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Every lug nut was gone. Every lug nut, Steve, was gone. It was off. I'm like, every lug nut's gone. What in the world? What in the world? Now, if you understand what's happening here, you understand what could have happened going down the, uh, coming up I-95 near Midway, Georgia. The potential of what could have happened there, how bad it could have been. And my heart just kind of like, it was just feeling so many emotions. And uh, long story short, I made some phone calls to some uh, garages, nobody could come. I finally called an auto parts store, O'Reilly's I think, shout out for them, who had a friend who had a garage who could come and help her out. But in the meantime, I said, there's got to be a church there. There's got to be a church there. So I called, I called this church. I had to call two or three times because their answering machine kept giving me different options and no answer. And finally, I got hold of somebody called Seamus. Seamus. He was the children's minister there. Children's minister. I said, Seamus, I'm a, I'm a preacher. West Virginia, I've got, I'm in Fort Knox, Kentucky, and my family's out near, near your church. And Seamus is at a, a multi-site church, Compassion Christian Church in Savannah, Georgia, where Cam Huxford, that might mean something to some of you, is the preacher. And this is one of the Midway, Georgia campus. 
Seamus said, Dave, he said, I'm on it. Seamus left what he was doing and went to my family. And he was there with them the entire time. And Triple J, if you're ever in Midway and you need some work, Triple J, his name is John Jacob Jingles, Hamler Smith or something. <laughs> Triple J Garage came out and had to replace not only the lug nuts, but the bolts as well. And my wife went to pay the bill. I don't even know what it would have been, emergency like that. And Seamus said, no, we got this, we got this. And so Compassion Christian Church paid the bill. She didn't even see the bill. He said, don't worry about it, we got it. You guys were praying for you to go home. And uh, he called me and said, we got him taken care of. What a relief of anxiety. He tightened up every lug nut, every tire. They made it home safely. You know, I think about that. I think that's a cool thing. We, we have the opportunity. When we're in view of a, a need, we can help relieve somebody's anxiety. We can say, I'll be there. I'll be there for you. I'll even pay the bill. That's what Jesus did. I don't know what you're going through, what anxiety, but I know what you can do about it. You can pray about it. You can pray about it and give it to Jesus. Give it to him. Don't take it back. You can remind yourself how good he is, all he's done for you. There's another entry in my prayer journal right there. And you can remind yourself of how many times God has never failed you. He won't. You know what else you can do today? You can put your whole life into his hands. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, I invite you. It's, it's amazing what God has done, can do, and will continue to do in your life. Maybe today you want to step across that line of faith and say, I believe. And let's follow that up with baptism to obey him in baptism and, uh, and get the Holy Spirit as our guide within us. And let's dedicate ourselves to joining a church, to getting in there and saying, we're partners here. Let's reach this community for Christ. You can do those things. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to sing. And if you want to come and talk to me during this time, I, I, I like that. Let's, let's stand and pray. Thank you so much. Thank God for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, all the times you've come through. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. You hear us in our darkest moments. You hear our cries. And God, you're there for us. You walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. I pray, God, today as a deer pants for a fresh stream of water, we would long for you. We would long for you to walk with us in all the things of life. That's my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If you have a decision or a question, come talk to me while we sing.